and welcome into the mashup, your number one source for sports gaming and everything in between. I am your host, Jake Patterson. I know it has literally been a month, but um, heat and humidity kind of kicks my ass sometimes, and I don't really feel like doing anything. Even if that means coming into a dark room completely alone and yelling into a microphone. But here we are. I am back. Quite possibly for the only episode for the entire month of July, we shall see. Because, uh, not really watching League anymore. And talking about day-to-day -day baseball is really freaking hard. So, uh, I might just do this one episode for the month of July, stream for the entire month, and then come back in August. But, uh, I don't know yet. We will figure that out as, as we go otherwise known as my entire strategy with this freaking show. Anyway, this weekend was absolutely fucking awesome because I got to play some D&D on Friday, we had an awesome Halo tournament, and it was just generally a good time. And two weeks ago, Forbidden Door, also really fucking awesome wrestling show. They, Brian Danielson wrestled a once-in-a-lifetime dream match with Kazuchika Okada, with a broken freaking arm. And Kenny Omega and Will Ospreay somehow topped their absolute classic from when, from uh, Wrestle Kingdom back in January. But this is no longer a wrestling show. I might go back to it, honestly, because I like talking about wrestling. But. Let's talk about the real thing I am leading off this show with, if you couldn't tell by the intro music. HCS, the Arlington Major, hosted by Optic Gaming, was really, really freaking good. Because it shook up the notion of the big three. And sure, the final was still phase in SSG, just like it was at Dallas. But I think it is very much time that we maybe start recognizing Quadrant for how good they really are. Because, again, they beat Optic. I mean, sure, they... Like, think about it. They started in Losers. I think they came out of the group of death, but they started... Yeah, they were, because it was them and... Um, it was them, Faith, and Sentence were... were in... Uh, that's the open bracket. Where is the actual... Ah, here we go. Playoffs. Uh, yeah, they started... They started in Losers. And then poor Shopify came off that epic with C9, immediately had to play Quadrant, got stopped. Then Quadrant just went on a tear until they met a very pissed-off space station in the in the lower bracket final. Yeah, let's see. What was what was that group? Yeah, it was Phase, Sentinels, Quadrant, and Ascending Baseline. Those poor guys. <laughs> it's like, oh, congratulations! You made it out of open bracket! Have fun! Three of the best teams in the freaking tournament. All three of them were top four. It's like, have fun, guys. You uh, worked your ass off to come out of the open bracket. You're now in a group with three of the top four. And two members of the top three. So, uh, good luck! Didn't, didn't, didn't end well for them. But yeah, this was a freaking awesome tournament because Space Station showed they are, in fact, good even though they got fucking reverse swept by face, that goddamn Argyle CTF that they should have won like three different times, or the Streets Oddball. God dang it. I, I made a whole joke about them learning how, finally learning how to play Slayer. Like, I tweeted the Happy Gilmore learned how to putt gif and everything. Ugh. Why must my teams do this to me? And yeah, Space Station are definitively my team when it comes to uh, 
Halo Esports because 100 Thieves do not have a Halo team and seemingly never will. Which, uh, their loss, because I'll say it, and I'll say it from the top of the rooftops, Halo Esports is more fun than COD Esports. There's no snaking, there's no, like, bullshit snaking in HCS. There's no sound EQ. There's, uh, there's not really any overpowered guns because a lot of the overpowered weapons just don't spawn on competitive maps. And the ones that do, like the sword or G-Aid. And, like, sure, camo and overshield exist, but they're not exactly overpowered. Quantum Translocator is going to get added for the next event, but same thing. You can, you can kind of handle that, no issue. But yeah, that's, uh, that's my take and I'm sticking to it. Halo Esports is more fun than COD Esports. Come at me. I don't care. You know I'm right. Anyway. You know, had some fun open bracket matches, even if it went about how you would expect, where, you know, FaZe, Space Station, and Optic kind of steamrolled the group they were in. Then Group D happened. And somehow, Cloud9, who everyone thought, oh, they, they dropped the roster that became Space Station and they went super cheap just to maintain that, that partner revenue. And then they went and then they went and 3 0 their group with not one, but both native rosters and seemingly the best team from Australia in Bittersweet, who um, got their shit kicked in and, uh, and went 0-9 in map count. <laughs> okay, at least Ascending Baseline took a match off of phase. Like, or no, Ascending Baseline took a map off of Sentence. Okay. I was like, there's no way they took a map off of Fix. Who who actually took a map off of Fix? Oh, it was Quadrant. Okay, yeah, that tracks. Like they had they had opposite uh, map differentials, so I figured they they just Faze uh, only lost that one map, and it was the one map Ascending Baseline won, but it was not. They they took that map off of uh, Sentence, which makes infinitely more sense given what the quality of this group ended up being. Yeah, poor, poor complexity. Complexity tried. They got stomped by FaZe. They, like, sorry guys. Yeah, you finished two and one in your group. Like, you only lost to Space Station. And you gave them a halfway decent fight. And then, nope, you just immediately get stomped by FaZe. You managed to beat Status Quo, but then you got stomped by Quadrant. The best European Halo team to ever touch this freaking game. But yeah, Saturday and Sunday were uh, were the most fun because watching Space Station sweep Optic in uh, relatively dominant fashion was uh, was pretty freaking cool. Not gonna lie, uh, if you uh, if you watch my stream, you you know how I reacted to that with uh, chance of SSG. You can't beat us. I was I was doing the wrestling fan dueling chant thing. Every time a Let's Go Optic chant, I would just scream SSG into my mic. Like, I'm in Maryland. I am thousand... I'm well over a thousand miles from Arlington, Tech. Actually, I'm going to look it up. I do this a lot on this show, just, just to make points about distance. Let's just do directions. From my house to eSports Arena... Arlington. Esports Stadium, Arlington, and Expo Center. Ballpark Dro Ballpark Road, Arlington, Texas. How far is that from my house? 1,427 miles on the fastest driving route. If I drove there straight through, it would take 21 and a half hours. 
and would change time and I would change time zones. That is taking 81 through multiple major cities, uh, including including around Baltimore, around Washington, D.C., uh, through Knoxville, Nashville, Memphis, and all the way into Dallas. Or uh, Arlington, because it's, it's actually in Arlington, even though, like, Dallas, Garland, Irving, like, all of this area... When you look at it on Google Maps, it's all white compared to everywhere else being green. Like, even, like, everything around Dallas is just kind of dense. Yeah, it would take 21 and a half hours for me to drive there. I was still doing the chant from my tiny little spare bedroom where I record this show and I stream. But uh, it was very fun. And then Sunday happened, and they got reverse swept by face when they had some insanely clutch plays on Argyle CTF that could have ended the series, sent them to grand finals where they could have kicked back and watched FaZe play Quadrant, and, uh, you know, maybe beaten FaZe because they wouldn't have had to play three series of sweaty-ass Halo in a row. But no, that is not what happened. I... They're still my team. I'm not going to jump bandwagon to FaZe, obviously. If you've listened to this podcast and all, you know my feelings about FaZe Clan. Even where the Halo team are infinitely more likable than any other part of the org. It's still really annoying that all of FaZe Clan is taking a punch loaded with 14 years worth of karma straight to the nether regions right now. Yet their Halo team is still good. Is incredibly annoying. They're like balled up fist loaded with 13 years worth of karma. Straight to the balls. And and nothing. Just no change to their Halo team. They still just refuse to lose. I, I hope that God Space Station beat them at Salt Lake in like a month. Yeah, because that's... Yeah, that's in a month. Yeah, Global Invitational by Space Station Gaming happens August 4th through the 6th. And the top eight teams have already qualified. Phase, Space Station, Quadrant, Sentinels, Optics, C9, Complexity, and Native Red. Hopefully, uh... Hopefully Native Red can have their actual full roster this time. And Quadrant, you just got all the Frenchies. Like, one European team qualified. And the rest are probably going to be... Oh, no, they're... they're uh, a couple qualifier spots. Uh, for There's four more spots for NA teams. Two more spots for... European, one more for Mexican, and one for Australia. Those are going to be the teams at at uh, the SSG Invitational in a month. But yeah, I think uh, I think this is uh, that's going to be an interesting event because Solitude is going to be in the map rotation, and both it and Argyle CTF will have the. Uh, the Quantum Translocator power item, which, uh, if that 1v1 show match they had was any indication, some players are going to have a lot of fun with. Mostly Bound, because he made excellent use of that thing against both Lucid and Renegade. But, yeah, that was a, uh, That was a fun tournament. I, I don't care what anyone says. That was a freaking fun tournament. And the drops were really good. All the watch parties were top tier, including mine. But yeah, have to I have to give props to FaZe. They've now won two in a row. They're probably gonna win worlds at the end of the year, which I don't want to see, but 
as of right now, the only team that can remotely challenge them is Space Station. And they reversed swept them and then actually swept them in a seven-game series two hours later. So, yeah, it's um, it's not looking good for anyone other than FaZe for the rest of the year. I mean, obviously, I said something similar after Kansas City last year. with like, how the hell is anyone going to beat Sentinels? And then Sentinels didn't even sniff the finals of another event for the rest of the year. And that is now this exact same roster, basically, other than the fact that they have Frosty. Instead of instead of Lethal. Because Lethal was the one who stuck on Sentinels. And basically got all the phase guys around him. Which is not the case anymore. Because I think... Yeah, it's... That is not... That is not last year's phase roster. But yeah, that's... Uh, it's it's part of last year's phase roster, but not entirely because uh, Spartan's there. But I think it's time to... Uh, I would say it's time to have a conversation about maybe three different teams. Actually, no, because Native... Native are weird to me. Native are so weird to me, because Native Red underperformed at that. I think uh, I think we can all agree on that because they were playing with a roster they were not expected to uh, have to play with and they didn't have a great tournament. I think they lost to Shopify. Or no, that was Native White. Yeah, Nate, Native Red had... Native Red was the weird one. And then Native White, Native White were the ones who underperformed. So I think it's time to uh, maybe have a conversation about them and a conversation about Optic. Because Optic has massively underperformed at the last two events now. Uh, like, like, they finished top three in Dallas. And then at their own event, they finished top six. That's not good. Like, at their own event, where they were the heavy crowd favorites in both of their playoff matches, which, to be fair, were back-to-back. But, like, they got obliterated by SSG, especially on that Streets Oddball. They put up more of a fight against Quadrant, but mostly because Quadrant sucks at Slayer. And, like, the, uh, everything about their, everything about their tournament proves they kind of suck ass at Slayer. It was the only map they dropped, two Sentinels, and it was a Staketacular. But I think it's time to, uh, maybe have a conversation about this idea of the top three. Because right now it seems like the top three are Phase, Space Station, and Quadrant. Then Optic and Sentinels right behind them, followed by C9, at least based on the outcome of this tournament. Because Sentinels swept both native teams. They swept C9. So, like, it's clearly a pretty hefty drop-off after Optic and Sentinels, but... Like, could that just be this tournament and, like, the weird quirks of it being hosted by Optic and then the rest of the crowd not, and a large majority of the crowd not giving a fuck about any game that didn't feature Optic? Which is incredibly annoying, by the way. It's it's why, like, like, it's so weird. My opinion of Optic has plummeted drastically over the last eight months. Between, like, all the very entitled shit they pulled during the CDL season, and, like, just their entire relationship with Minnesota Rocker in the CDL, 
and the way their fans reacted to losing to Space Station. Like if you if you follow me on Twitter, you saw it. I I I called the guy out. I compared him to the crying Duke kid, which I would think most gamers would think is fucking hilarious. Especially a fan of an org that was forged in the fires of 2009 Modern Warfare 2. Hands down the most toxic thing I have ever experienced, and I played League of Legends for four years. Like, I played Modern Warfare 2 for a year. Because I got Black Ops as soon as it came out. I played League of Legends for four years. OG Modern Warfare 2 was still more toxic than anything I experienced over those four years. So how did the fan of the team that was forged in that crucible of toxicity, racism, homophobia, and insults about people's mothers, how is comparing you to the crying Duke kid Enough to go to my Instagram, DM me, and call my faith into question. What the frick? I know that doesn't speak for all Optic fans. I heard from Optic fans who were saying the same thing, but... My god, y'all are a bunch of weirdos. Like, maybe it is time to have a conversation about this team, and the fact that maybe the sandbox changes... Kind of nerfed the fuck out of them. Because that was a hot take with the talent. And I was like, that doesn't sound right. And then I watched the games on Saturday. And they got soundly beaten by Space Station. And only really put up a fight against Quadrant because Quadrant are bad at Slayer. And Argyle CTF kind of favors the way they like to play. Like, that's the only reason. If if Quadrant were good at Slayer, I think they would have... Uh, I mean, you could look at the score and see that they would have swept. But if Quadrant were good at Slayer, they probably wouldn't have... They probably would have beat Sentinels, honestly. So they probably wouldn't have even started in the loser's bracket. They would have started against Space Station. And... Honestly, they probably then still start in the loser's bracket. They're just playing... They're just starting from a different position in loser's bracket where they're playing native white, and honestly, I think the same result still happens. <laughs> they just don't play Optic after Optic loses the space station. Oh, jeez. Sentinels would. Because <laughs> if you just switch it around... Like, if you just switch their position, I assume they get slotted into the same part of the bracket. So Quadrant plays Space Station in Winners 1. They probably still lose. Sentinels play Shopify. I would assume they still win. They also probably still win against Complexity. And then they play Optic. Meanwhile, Sentinels... Weirdly, you get the you get almost the exact same tournament. Like you get the same Sunday. Lower bracket semis is still quadrant versus sentinels. I think the result is the same. Space Station probably still lose to phase. They then still play quadrant. That's so weird. Like, you say, oh, if Quadrant are good at Slayer, they then finish second in their group instead of third, which means they start in winner's bracket, but they still play Space Station. Which means they still drop to loser's bracket, play Native White, and then Native Red, and then C9, and then they still more than likely meet Sentinels. Or they meet Optic. Because Optic could possibly beat Sentinels. I think. So then you get 
Optic versus Quadrant in lower bracket semis. And then God only knows what happens from there, because Optic might win that in front of their home crowd. They want to take down the Frenchies who embarrassed them in Dallas. Jeez, maybe that does change the tournament. I don't know. Yeah, if if Quadrant were good at Slacker, this tournament might look completely different. Like, there could possibly be... No, because Space Nation proved they were better than Optic. They, like... Yeah, I think I think the tournament still shakes out exactly the same way. Like if you just swept quadrant, uh, switch quadrant and sentinels, like most of the tournament doesn't change unless because like optic can't beat quadrant. I don't think they can beat sentinels. Yeah, that's weird. Anyway, congrats to FaZe on uh, getting the win. Congrats to Quadrant on being the first European team to ever place top three at a Halo event. And uh, congrats to Space Station for, once again, finishing second. Hey, it's hard to constantly finish second, especially when you keep losing in winner's finals. Oh my god. Why most of my teams stress me out and, and make me angry? They should have won that. Even if they didn't win Argyle CTF, they should have won Streets Oddball. Ugh, I'm gonna go crazy if I keep talking about this. It was an awesome tournament. I'm hyped for I'm hyped for Salt Lake City with a Space Station friendly crowd this time. Even if it's gonna be a smaller tournament with no open bracket, you're probably gonna mostly get the same good teams because, like, one we've seen, we already know the top eight are going to this tournament. And then if you finish top six, you get a spot at Fort Worth, the the final major of the year. Like you finish top six in St. Louis, you then go to Arlington, or not Arlington, Fort Worth, which again, is just freaking Dallas. What is with the HCS subsection with the Dallas Metroplex? Anyway, rambling aside, I had fun this weekend. I can't wait for Salt Lake City. I'm also going to uh, co-stream that. I'm going to try not to fall asleep on Sunday like I did, like I did this time. But uh, yeah, I'm hyped for that. And up next, we're uh, going to switch gears, stay in esports, and uh, talk some Call of Duty League. The offseason is upon us, and it's really freaking wild. That's coming up next, here on The Mashup. Hey, do you really like The Mashup and want to help support it even more? Of course I do. You're so awesome. Well, do I have good news for you. I now have a Barstool Sports Store affiliate link. Oh, what the heck is that? An affiliate link is a link that takes you directly to the Barstool Store, but has some extra coding in it to let them know that I sent you so I get some of the money from the sale in return. That's so cool! Yes, it is, and it helps me put out better and better content for you. And maybe does enough to get Barstool's attention that they'll give me a job. All you have to do is go to barstool-sports.pxf.io slash the mashup. That's barstoolsports.pxf.io slash the mashup and get some merch. Doesn't matter what you get, you'll be supporting me and the mashup. And you get a cool t-shirt, hoodie, flag, or whatever else you want in return. So go to barstoolsports.pxf.io slash the mashup today and help me grow this podcast even more. So it is still very early in this process. Like, I think the league calendar kicked off, or the new year for the league kicked off at midnight Monday morning. And I'm now recording this on Monday afternoon. So it's still very early in this entire process. But the the rumors, the rumor mill has started to circulate today. And Seattle cut everyone. 
Brad Sib, Accuracy, Mac, their sub, their coach, their GM, like everyone is gone. And with this new forced merger thing, they're going to rebrand. They're more than likely going to rebrand to Vancouver Titans for next year, which um, I don't know if you want that name because it's associated with utter incompetence and one good season of Overwatch play followed by utter incompetence that led to the entire roster leaving Canada and going back home to Korea, never to return to the Vancouver Titans. How do you botch signing a full six stack of the most popular, uh, in Overwatch it's called Contenders, team of all time, do nothing to ingratiate them to Vancouver, all of your fans are just fans of when, them when they were a contenders team. No one is wearing green and blue. They were all wearing pink. They're old colors. Uh, they never bothered to have them do English language media. Again, in Vancouver, just you don't want to be associated with that name, even if you are going to exclusively have an English-speaking roster from the word go as a CDL team. But the rumor mill has started to swirl today, and Envoy is leaving LA Thieves and apparently has chosen to sign with Toronto Ultra, which, as a fan of the Thieves, sucks. Fred is very likely headed to Optic Texas. I mean, we've known that since, what, January? We've known that since the season started that Optic wanted Fred, and even though they cut Ghosty, um, one, Thieves will gladly take him off your hands. I, now that Octane retired, I would like to have an IGL and, you know, maybe, maybe pick up, uh, Sim and Accuracy just to, just to fill out the rest of that Thieves roster to play alongside Kenny. Because I don't want Thieves to go back to Cold War Thieves. I had flashbacks to that when people were making memes. Cold War Thieves was ass. I don't want that again. But, like, we lost Octane, so that's already one of the biggest pieces of their identity as a championship roster. Apparently, apparently, um, it was Hoop, Illy, and Awakening all want to team together Unless you get a god tier fourth, that team is finishing ninth or tenth place at best. Unless you get like an absolutely insane fourth person, which um let's see. Not looking likely. Where uh because Optic are seemingly already making moves to sign both Draza and Fred to play alongside Shotzi. I don't know who that fourth guy's going to be, but let's be honest, it'll probably be Sib if they're signing Fred. So yeah, this is this is going to get weird. FaZe or FaZe and NYSL are probably the only ones who are mostly going to keep their teams together. God only knows what's going to become of LA Gorillas cuz they might sell that spot. Minnesota Rocker are allegedly are reportedly merging with G2, so they're going to look completely different. Everyone on Thieves is UFA. One of them already retired. The other two are basically all but confirmed to be leaving. Ah! Make it make sense. They just won a championship a year ago, and now the team's completely breaking up. Ugh. At least Fanes are keeping the wrong guy. Like, they needed to get rid of two, or there were two guys they should have gotten rid of at least one of. They made the wrong choice. Because, like, Slasher's just a dick. We all, we all know this. But, like, at least he knows how to play as part of a team. Selium does not. Like, I've said this before, Frosty just needs to grab him 
and force him to watch his VODs and see and show him, see, you can be a kill whore, but still be part, still play as part of a team. Like, just get Frosty and Snakebite to work together to show him VODs of how the Halo team plays around Frosty's kill whoring, but still makes it work. With three objective game modes, still. Like, I know Search doesn't have a Halo equivalent. Like, Hardpoint and, um, and Control kind of do. Like, Hardpoint obviously has an equivalent to King of the Hill, but... I know the, the modes aren't exactly one-to-one, -one, but... You can still show him, hey, look, Frosty kill whores all the time, and they've just won back-to-back -back championships. Rather convincingly, I might add. But Celium still just going to be a kill whore, and it will be an active detriment to FaZe's championship aspirations. God only knows what Boston are going to do. Ghosty has already apparently turned them down. Florida Mutineers, they're going to completely rebrand to Miami Heretics next year, so God only knows what they're going to do. London cut everybody. They're going to be a brand new team next year. Vegas probably going to be are also going to be a brand new team next year. Clay's just Clay's just out there. So hopefully, uh hopefully Thieves sign him. Like, actually do that. Sign Clay and get like I don't freaking know. Uh like make some kind of well, we don't have anyone to trade because everyone's UFA. Dang it. Um, <laughs> try to make some kind of offer for, like, Kleenex. That'd be a good team. I, I actually like that. Um, it's super unlikely to happen. And I'm I'm worried Thieves are going to suck next year. That's, that's the main thrust of this segment, is I'm worried Thieves are going to absolutely suck next year. Because I'm I'm worried they're gonna keep Kenny and then just everything else is just gonna be Cold War. It's just gonna be like Cold War Thieves, where they sign where they sign all these guys who aren't that good, but seem good because they've been on teams with name recognition. <laughs> but yeah, that's uh that's my main concern for next season. I'm gonna keep following along with Roster Mania. I have no idea what's gonna happen. Like, at least Toronto aren't picking up Ghosty because, my God, the trash talk would be unbearable for the other 11 teams in the league if they did that. But uh, that's what I got for this first part of CDL Roster Mania. I'm, I'm going to keep tabs on what keeps happening. And knowing my luck, something big is going to happen after I finish recording this. But, uh, you know, that's the way this goes. Anyway, up next we'll... Uh, Talk some NBA and NHL, mostly me uh, ranting about how mad I am at the Sixers and uh, huffing some orange and black Flyers hopium. But uh, that's coming up next here on The Mashup. All right, let's kick this off with a rant because I, I feel the need to rant coming on to uh, wrap up the show here. So, Damian Lillard has requested a trade out of court. And the Sixers have been dumping salary because they're trying to get rid of James Harden, which, fair. He doesn't want to play here anymore. Let him walk. He can, he can go back to Houston and ruin his career there. But you have the opportunity to trade for Damian Lillard. I know his, his primary target is Miami, but you could probably make this work. Like if you could say, hey, you get to play with Joel Embiid. You could probably make that work. That would be the best center he has ever played with. I know he wants to play with Jimmy Butler, and Jimmy Butler's better, but let's ignore that. Rumor is Portland would take Tyrese Maxey and a couple first-round picks for Lillard. Why are you not doing that? Tyrese Maxey is apparently the most untouchable player on the Sixers roster. Why? This is this is the same as the Jimmy Butler thing. I've been giving this 
fucking team the benefit of the doubt for four years because I thought they overpaid Tobias Harris because they couldn't re-sign Jimmy Butler. No, wrong. They couldn't re-sign Jimmy Butler because they valued Tobias Harris over him. Look, I think Tobias Harris is great. He's a great bench. He's a he's a solid role player for the Sixers. If you kept Jimmy Butler, I would have been fine keeping him because he would have been a great help off the bench. But instead, you chose to value Ben Simmons and Tobias Harris over Jimmy freaking Butler. The best player to ever put on a Sixers uniform in 20 years. And now, when you have the chance to get the other best player to ever put on a Sixers uniform in 20 years, nope, Tyrese Maxey, completely untouchable. God, I hate this team. It's like they want me to abandon them. I suffered through the process. I stayed loyal. I tweeted, trust the process all the freaking time. And what did that get us? Ben Simmons, a guy who doesn't give a fuck about basketball. Markel Fultz, a guy who fucked up his shoulder and lost all of his shooting confidence. And an incompetent front office and coaching staff who never bothered to help him fix it. And Joel Embiid. Oh yeah, and a bunch of and a bunch of centers with bad knees who never played at a high level in the NBA. That's what suffering through the process got me as a fan. It got us Jaleel Okafor, who never played reliable minutes for the 76ers ever. Nerlens Noel, same thing. It got us Ben Simmons, who, like I said, clearly cares more about being famous than playing basketball. Markel Fultz, who just completely shattered all of his confidence, and the idiots in the front office, like Brian Colangelo, who you, like, bowed to the NBA to hire instead of just trusting Sam Hankey who, looking back, was actually a good GM. But instead, you had to favor Brian fucking Colangelo, who had a bunch of burner accounts run by his wife, him and his wife, who barely speaks English. Yeah, that still happened. I haven't forgotten about that. Oh, yeah. And not only that, not only... Did Markel Fultz turn out to be a complete bust for the Sixers? You traded up to take him to leapfrog Boston when they didn't even want him. You leapfrog Boston. You could have taken Tatum. Tatum, Embiid, and Butler? Because I'm assuming if you're competent enough to draft Embiid, you're competent enough to not fuck up re-signing Jimmy Butler. Tatum, Butler, and Embiid is multiple championships hanging from the rafters of Wells Fargo Center right now. That is multiple parades down Broad Street with the Larry O'Brien Trophy. But no. No, instead you had to leapfrog Boston for an objectively worse player, even coming out of college, than the one Boston took and wanted the entire time That Tobias Harris over Jimmy Butler. When Embiid is like his best friend. Oh my god. This stupid freaking team. They are on such thin ice right now. Like, Nick Nurse better get... Like, conference finals. Conference finals or I'm done. Even if you lose conference finals, conference finals, or I'm fucking done. Like, I'm dropping you. I I can't do it anymore. There's, and normally I say there's shame in dropping a team, but I just won't have an NBA team. I won't pick up a new one. I will just casually watch the NBA. I will... I will completely and utterly drop my Sixers allegiance 
and casually watch the NBA. I will stick to college for my basketball-based entertainment. Because I like it more already anyway, and my team doesn't consistently disappoint. So yeah, um, Sixers, you're on very thin ice. Get your shit together, or I'm dropping your asses. And it's not like I spend that much money on you anyway, so I know you don't care, but damn. I know I won't be the only one, though, so uh, I'm, just the, I'm just the only one who's loud enough to say it right now, four months before the season even starts. So yeah, there's that. Now let's transition to their roommates who have done a much better job of keeping me as a fan in the past month. They weren't doing a great job before they fired Fletcher, but they have since corrected that, and Danny Briere seems to be doing a pretty good job as, as the GM, and Keith Jones is doing a good job as president of Hockey Ops, so I can't complain. Because the Flyers, well, one, the Flyers drafted a guy named Oliver Bunk, and that is my new favorite name of any professional athlete ever. And he's good. And um, the, the Russian guy, whose name I'm blanking on, mostly because I haven't memorized the weird pronunciation of it yet. 2023, not playoff bracket. 2023 NHL what was this guy's name uh there it is number seven matt vay mitchkoff he's a russian right white ring right winger who does currently play in the in the khl which um is concerning because you know the the khl has been involved in some sketchy shit in the last year with a guy signed to a Flyers contract, no less. So, you know, little concerned. But it seems like the Flyers are actually going to be able to sign this guy and maybe get him the hell over here and get him U.S. citizenship if he wants it. But, you know, they, they drafted two Russians in this draft. Hopefully they, uh, both of them actually play a single minute of hockey for the Flyers and don't get kidnapped like Ivan Fedotov. Hopefully they can bring him home, too, because he would be a nice backup for Carter Hart. And Danny Breer said, I don't believe it. We don't believe in tanking. We need players to guide us. Thank God. Like, that's the way to do it. You know you're going to suck. But you don't want to be so awful that the fans completely abandon you, like what happened during the process years. I remember what those Sixers games looked like. They were empty. I spent a dollar. And I got halfway decent seats to a Sixers game. I spent a literal dollar to get in the door to Wells Fargo Center. I spent like 10 times as much money on food. Actually, no, it was more than that. Because I spent like $20 on food. Because I could. Because my ticket was so damn cheap. But the Flyers, I think, are are doing this the right way. I am much more excited for their future than I am the Sixers right now, which if you told me that a year ago, I would not have believed you. But here we are. And, uh, yeah, I'm much more hyped for the Flyers season to begin than I am for the Sixers. And obviously, like, Liberty football is very high on that list. The Ravens are very high on that list. I'm excited with what the Orioles are doing. But yeah, not a whole lot to talk about this week. So this is a much shorter episode, but uh, that's my opinion on what's been happening over the last month. Obviously, uh, congrats to the Golden Knights on winning their first ever Stanley Cup champions championship, as well as the Nuggets also winning their first uh, Stanley Cup champions, or Stanley Cup, NBA championship. Uh, still a big fuck you to Stan Kroenke, because that guy sucks, and he doesn't deserve success. But I do like Jokic, so it kind of balances out. But that's what I got for this episode of The Mashup. 
Hope you all enjoyed. I hope you all enjoy the rest of your week. And I will talk to you guys next time. See you then. My daddy served in the army. We lost his right eye, but he flew a flag out in our yard. Till the day that he died, he wanted my mother, my brother, my sister, and me to grow up and live happy in the land of the free. Now this nation that I love is falling under attack. A mighty sucker punch came flying in from somewhere in the back. Soon as we could see clearly through our big black eye, man, we lit up your Sorry that you mess with the U.S. of A. Cause we'll put a boot in your ass. It's the American way. Hey, Uncle Sam, put your name at the top of his list. And the Statue of Liberty started shaking her fist. And the eagle will fly. And it's gonna be hell when you hear Mother Freedom start Oh uh-huh.